mm-hmm. fake it till you make it. And that <laughs> sounds ridiculous, but that, I mean, be, act like the person that you want to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, that's how you become that person. If you want to. Okay, we have returned. We are here. Back in the flesh. Partially. Trying to figure yeah. out where the camera's at. Kyle's, Kyle's at 60% currently. Yep. And that's being generous. Pep him up. <laughs> yeah. oh, 60% man. with a limp. <clears throat> yeah. That's where we're at. Yeah, uh, you know how to rally. People. People, people, people. Yes. You know? All yeah. the peoples. Yeah, I wanted to I wanted to talk about people and uh you know, different experiences and how everybody loves to try and segment themselves from everybody else and like, oh, I would never do that. Blah, scoff. It's like, yeah. yeah, no. No, you probably you might. <laughs> you might have done it. You know, you and what really where this really stemmed from. Now, probably going to lose a lot of people here but you just need to stick with it. Okay. And you need to be honest with yourselves, folks talking to you people out there, specifically ones with kids. So, well, you might, might be appalled when I first start talking, but just, just give it time. You gotta let it marinate. Um, so where this kind of stemmed from is I think, were we eating dinner? one night and atlas has just been going through some stuff lately you know what i mean he's three and a half and he's just trying to figure out his place in the world and we're trying to figure out how to parent effectively Mm -hmm. for him and so there's a lot of rebellion there's a lot of you know he told me not to touch that well touch you know like that (laughs) sort of thing and so I think it was dinner. I think Maverick was in his high chair and he was like crying, um, you know, naked with food in his hair. And <laughs> like, uh, as he does sometimes as a 10 month old. Oh, yeah. And then Atlas was crying about something like tonight. He was crying because I made burgers and I cut his, I put his burger all together in the bun and everything and then cut it in half, make it easier for him mm-hmm. to bite into. And he was like How crying because you. I cut it in half. I want it well, back yeah. together. Yeah, well, that's exactly. impossible. Can't do that. So, why would you give me um, this half floppy piece of crap burger yeah. when you're <laughs> holding the big one? He's that, that's big. exactly what he said. Well, yours isn't cut in half. I'm like, I'll cut it in half if you want me to. And I was like, your mouth isn't as big as mine, buddy. Okay, yeah. So, anyway, so he was crying about something, probably something like that. And so they were both kind of you know, crying and ah, making noise. And, and at this point in parenting, if I could give anyone, any new parent, any unsolicited parenting advice, it would be, they're going to cry. You know what I mean? They're going to cry. There's nothing you Mm -hmm. can do about it. They will cry. And you just need to understand that it's not a bad thing necessarily. Right. You know, sometimes, Mm -hmm. sometimes they just got to cry. And even as babies, and it's you can't avoid it so just take a breath 
take a breath. Yes. Like it's so easy to get overwhelmed, mm-hmm. especially with your first kid and they're crying. You're like, how do I make it stop? It's two <laughs> in the morning, you know, but once you come yes. to the realization that it's inevitable, like you're gonna, it's going to happen. So yeah. you just need to come to the realization. Like as you go to sleep at night, my kid's going to wake me up. Yes. I think the mistake I was making was, fingers crossed they don't wake me up you know i'm gonna go to bed and like oh yeah hopefully they don't wake me up like there was a chance it was gonna happen yes. you know, i could sleep through the It'd night be so angry yeah and so then they cry happens. and they wake me up and i'm like no uh, so just go into it knowing like yeah they're gonna wake me up and just For you sure. have to accept it and you have to accept that they're gonna cry and just take a breath it's okay yes um yes. so anyway so that's you know I've, I've been able to kind of pick that up pretty well at this point and so they were doing that and i I, at the time i wasn't overwhelmed not to say that i don't get overwhelmed by them but um i was just kind of like eat my food and kind of just like thinking and i'm like this is chaos i'm I'm okay with it right this is you know allowable chaos but this is chaos right now (laughs) and Mm -hmm. i look at caitlin and i'm like yeah um and here's here's the appalling part but just you just gotta hear me out folks uh (laughs) In, but it's like, I'm like, yeah, I know before I ever had kids, I would hear, you know, oh, this mother did the, like drowned her children and everything. I'm like, oh my gosh, what a horrible person, which yes, I'm, I still agree. Like that's a horrible, yes. hellacious yes. thing to do. Still on board <clears throat> with that. Yes. But what, and what I had said, and listen to my words carefully, is that <laughs> I can understand how someone might end up in that position not that i ever would i personally would never drown my children or you know kill them in any way on purpose um Mm -hmm. and so but it's it's one of those like imagine right same scene only a new parent a single mother right you know or, or a single father whatever but single parent two kids, three kids, four kids, low income. You've been working all day long. You work all day, every day. You're exhausted. You're coming home, doing what you can for the kids. And these Mm -hmm. kids are crying because they don't know any better. And they're screaming. And your boyfriend that you have a terrible relationship with, but you go back to him for whatever reason, you know, like he dumps you, he leaves you, or like you just got fired from your job or like, you know, and these things stack up and they stack up and they stack up. And like you hit this point where you just snap, I would imagine, you know what I mean? Like it's, uh, it's easy for me growing up in a loving household that I did, you know, Christian household and having loving parents and, and sisters and having the relationships that I've had and, thank God, like I have been spared a lot of heartache and tragedy that other people haven't, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and, and so it's easy for me growing up in that type of environment to be like, yeah, of course I would never drown my children. Like what are like, you're a horrible person and you deserve to burn in hell. We all deserve (laughs) to burn in hell. Let's just put that out there. But yes, you know, that was my thought in the past. It's like, we're not so different. You know what I mean? I'm not saying I would make the same decision. However, it's throwing back to the homeless com- uh, conversation about homeless people that we had however mm-hmm. many weeks ago. Uh, but it's like, I have had I grown up with the same set of circumstances and, you know, had I been stuffed in a broom closet 
90% of my childhood and lit cigarettes put out on my body and, you know, abused Mm -hmm. mentally and physically and sexually and all sorts of stuff. Who knows? Who knows where I would be? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I might be rubbing the lotion on the skin or it gets the hose again. (laughs) Like, I don't know. (laughs) Like, I would like to think not, but I also, you know, God has been my anchor. Like Mm -hmm. he's always been there. I've never known a day without him. Um, I've tried, you know, as my teenage years and, and into college and yeah. everything I, I tried, but, um, I've never known a day without him, which I am eternally grateful. Mom, dad, thank you. Um, but so it's, it's easy to judge from the outside. Uh, you know, and so one thing that you and I were talking about is like Nazi Germany. Everybody loves mm. to be like, yeah, if I, oh, if I lived in Germany at that time, like I'd be the one standing up and it's like, nah, probably not. Probably, probably not. odds odds are odds are not in your favor. Um, no, and no. It, it's just like you have to try and understand. Like you'll never fully be able to understand unless you've walked yeah. in their shoes, right? You've been through their mm-hmm. experiences. Um, but like we we have to as as people, we have to try and understand that. I think as Christians, yeah. we lose sight of that a lot, oh, um, especially in in modern times, like mm-hmm. across the political aisle, um, yeah. you know, our, our battle is not with the people as Christians. Mm-hmm. Our battle is not with the people. Our battle is, is with the, the, the evil. It's, it's the spirits that, mm-hmm. that are, you know, I've tormented whether it be these people or, or whatever. And it's like, it's, it's not against the people. We need to show them love. They will know we are Christians yeah. by our love. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so it's like, you have to, uh, like, these are hurt people. They didn't just, you know, most of them, I, some people rebelled, I, I'm sure. And there's, you know, some of that, there's caveats to everything, mm-hmm. but most of them weren't raised in an environment like I did. Most of them didn't have yeah. a wonderful relationship with their father like I did. You know, my dad is one yeah. of my favorite people on the face of this earth. My grandpa mm-hmm. is also was one of my favorite people on the face of this earth. To have that, you know, um, relationship with my grandpa and my dad, um, you know, really helped set me on the path. That, you know, I rebelled, but because of them and God, like, yeah. I came back. Mm-hmm. So it's just, we have to remember that it's we're not so different, right? We like to think we are. No, I would never do that. Oh, me. Oh, scoff. <laughs> it's like, no, we're all human beings. Yeah. Hitler Absolutely. was a human being. Hitler yeah. was not a, a, an alien. He wasn't this, nope. you know, evil creature born in the pits of hell. You know, maybe some of the spirits that were <laughs> tormenting him and, and everything, Yeah, you know, they were. Uh, <clears throat> but... He started out as a human being, a, an image bearer yeah. of God, you know, fearfully and wonderfully made, the same as the rest yeah. of us, uh, mm-hmm. and and we can't forget that. So that's Definitely. where really all this, you know, kind of started. Is is like just wanted to talk about that and bring that to anyone who's still listening to this this thing that we call a <laughs> podcast. Um, you know, rambling. just yeah, and just try and you know change hearts and minds. That's what it's all about, yeah, no. right? Changing hearts and minds. And if you can't do that, then two to the heart and one to the mind. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's what they preach down in Texas. I see. Yeah, yeah. Now we've got it. (laughs) 
<laughs> but I mean, you're a hundred percent correct. Um, and I, I, you know, I think it's one of the things that, you know, actually has been drilled into my brain as a counselor that you have to have that ability to empathize because it's a human condition. And when we're in a space of, of suffering, we, we actually, so we learn by modeling long before we understand language. Um, we learn by body language, modeling all these things, because obviously we don't have a language. We cry. That's pretty much our language is cry. And you're trying to figure out the frequency to figure out what you're, what the child's needing, but they, everything's model based learning in the beginning. And ironically that stays true. So one of the things is like, you can say something to your kid, but if what you say doesn't match what you're modeling, they'll go off the model over what you say. And so that's, that's something that I think is really important is that that gets ingrained really deep in. Um, so unhealthy behaviors, poor modeling, all these different things, really painful experiences. It, you don't know how to cope. You don't know how to cope with things. You don't know how to cope with stress. I was actually talking to a client today about how impactful uh, rough play is with uh, dads with, with their children. And <clears throat> what it does is it, it allows them to get really dysregulated. And then the dad like laughs or like hugs them or comforts them, but in like kind of a rough way and be like, ah, it's okay. I always remember you would be like um, with uh, – um, Oh my gosh, I'm blanking. Atlas. I just keep thinking of Atlas, but no, this is before Atlas. But he oh, looks just Hunter. like Atlas. Hunter. My goodness, yeah. I couldn't think of his name. Um, but I always remember with Hunter, you would anytime he would fall. He'd Hunter's like, yeah. my nephew, by the way. What? It said Hunter's oh, yeah, my yeah. nephew. By yeah, the way. yeah, yeah. Hunter is is, is your nephew. But uh, you would be like, oh yeah, good job. You're like sweet dude. And he, it was this concept of him being able to be like really dysregulated. And then you being like, Hey, it's okay. Um, and ironically people don't realize, but a, a dad throwing a kid up in the air and catching them and then being like scared and then calming down, it actually helps them develop the ability to be in stressful situations and then calm themselves, which is one of the reasons, and again, there's a myriad of reasons, but one of the reasons why people without fathers struggle when they are dealing with difficulty and end up going much farther than they would, than those who have fathers, because they learn, of course, discipline and all these different things, but that rough play helps them learn to be dysregulated and then come back down. They know that yeah. they can calm down. They know they have that ability. Um, kids that don't get that, they don't know that they don't know that they're going to have that part. And so it just feels it can go way farther to the point where they're, you know, violent or, you know, catch themselves in a really unhealthy space. And so I think there's this, there's this part that we just realize, just like you were saying, our healthy upbringing, our loving parents, they do so much more than we can even like fathom for why we are as healthy as we are, which is in reality why I think God emphasizes the importance of a parent raising their children up in the right way and how that really does 
lead to very good things. They won't, they won't stray far because of the fact, you know, again, and this is ideally, um, and in most circumstances, they usually are much healthier based off of that. And those that don't have that or have a very negative experience with that, it causes a lot of damage that, that you don't know how to function in. And so, so being a counselor, I constantly am trying to understand stuff that I never experienced. And it's all through that concept of empathy to try to understand it from their experience. And, you know, one of the things that I think it was the most difficult was dealing with someone who had been um, sexually abused and then also counseling uh, an abuser that had formerly abused and processing that. And you start to realize that they came from brokenness. Uh, again, yeah. from my, my uh, experiences with clients, never have I met an abuser that's not been abused um, you know, in, in some form or fashion. So you start to realize well, yeah. that that hurt negative people impact. Hurt people. Exactly. And so you start to realize like, well, I, I wasn't hurt. So I really don't know how I would be in that space. You know, I would hope that I would not do that. But a lot of the good things that are instilled in me was given to me by my family's, my parents' love and guidance. So, like, I don't know. I don't know how I would be uh, without that yeah, there. Well, I mean, it, it goes back to, like, you know, homeless, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, when, when we talked about that, it's something that I've realized in, in my later years that, you know, when I was younger, I'd see a homeless person um, on the side of the road or whatever and just be like, man, if I was ever in that position, if I just right now, everything was taken away from me, like, give me a couple months and I'll have a job. You know, I'll start working at McDonald's if I have to and save up my money and get an apartment, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's like, yeah, that's so easy for me to say. And, and it's, it's tr true. You know what I mean? It's probably, probably true in that instance is that, yeah, yeah, I would be able to make it out of that, but that's me. That's my experiences. That's me growing up in a, in a, in a loving Christian home and having the experiences I, I currently have, you know, but yeah. again, throw yourself, like, take all of that away. <laughs> and, you know, I, exactly. I, I wasn't, let's say I wasn't able to learn coping mechanisms and I wasn't you know, loved by anyone and had no mm -hmm. one to encourage me. And then I find drugs. It's like, yeah, of course. You know, exactly. I've, I've said it before. Um, you know, so I won't, I won't drop any names, uh, but in high school, right, I had a friend, you had a friend, that uh, was, unfortunately, became addicted to pain pills, uh, opioids, I think, in particular is how it started, uh, but mm. then drugs, uh, in, just in general. Um, and it was, back then, it was one of those things that, like, kind of overlooked it at first because I was a rebel, you know, I was smoking weed and everything. And, and so, um, like, oh yeah, like he just happens to be into that stuff. And I wasn't really realizing what was going on. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I wasn't help trying to help my friend. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. At certain points I was an enabler. Uh, yeah. And then I started to realize like, holy crap, this is a problem man. like, get it together. What the heck? And, and blah, blah, blah. And then he, 
may or may not have stolen some money from me, you know, like this big, big thing. And finally I kind of was just like, I'm done. I'm done with this and wash my hands clean. Uh, and mm-hmm. it was it, in my mind, it was easy for me to separate myself from him and be like, no, oh, this is like, no, that, that's ridiculous. I can't believe you're addicted to these drugs and you're doing this to your friends and blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah. but then like, as I get older and, uh, it's to my knowledge, it started, he had soldier, sh- soldier shoulder surgery, uh, and was prescribed, um, opioids and then became addicted. And so I actually later in life ended up having probably a similar shoulder surgery. Um, had been subscribed to opioids and everything. And even me, right? Like I said, upbringing I had, and, and I don't want to get too much into his story, but he had a traumatic event when he was younger, very, very yeah. tra- traumatic event when he was younger, uh, and caused a lot of depression and, and anxiety and issues like that all throughout his childhood. And then mm. growing up, and then all of a sudden you get these pain pills and it's like, I remember taking the opioids and there were times that like, I, yes, I'd been prescribed, but I certainly was abusing them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in the sense that I was taking them more often than I should. I liked the way they mm-hmm. made me feel. And so I, yeah. I have said, as I've gotten older and, and had been prescribed those types of things, been like, I have never been addicted to opioids, but I can see why people get addicted to opioids. Right. Yeah. And that's, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I, I haven't had a major traumatic event in my life. I haven't had those issues. So mm-hmm. it, now it makes perfect sense as to how that even started is that you have this traumatic yeah so you know and for him he did live a, a from the from the outside we were very good friends i spent a lot of time over at his place um you know before the traumatic uh, event uh, we were fourth grade so we were young but i, re- I remember being there often uh and then also afterwards into high school and everything like that um and he had a good life he lived up you know or grew up relatively wealthy. So you're like, Oh, what the heck? But this, that one traumatic event, which was a very, Mm -hmm. very traumatic event. Um, and, and it just makes so much sense. It's like, of course, if I were hurting like that, if I had gone through something like that and I was hurting and I was depressed like that, and then I, I stumble, I was prescribed from a doctor, you know, these opioids and they made me feel the way they did. Yeah. You, you bet your bottom dollar I'm going to freaking take those and abuse them. Like, yeah. why wouldn't mm. that in, be an immediate, like, holy crap, I, it numbs everything. And, it, and like, yeah. I need this. And, of course, it, it just makes total sense, that progression. And Absolutely. It, you know, anyway, yeah. I don't want to talk too much. There's, there's another line of thinking that it, you know, probably get a little bit more controversial. Maybe we'll save that for later in the podcast. But you and I have kind of <laughs> talked about it. touched on it in Marco Polo's, but. Mm. Well, so like, I think that's the part that is uh, a universal element, specifically with the aspect of, you know, drugs, but any vice is the uh, wanting to avoid pain. You know, that's, that's one of our main drives and it's a survival mechanism. You know, the reason, you know, it helps us to live because we don't want to do painful things like putting your hot hand on a hot stove no. Pain helps you to realize, like, take your hand off or it gets burnt off. Yeah, um, and even chronic pain, which is something that, mm, like, yeah, something that I've kind of thought about um, somewhat recently as well, is that people who may not have gone through a, a traumatic 
mental event or, you know, or, or anything like that or emotionally damaging event, but then suffer from chronic pain from whatever, maybe, yeah. you know, some, some sort of injury or something. Mm-hmm. Cause there have been like a week, right. Where I just went through this pain or even my, um, my, my brain fog, uh, apparently I'm experiencing it now, uh, <laughs> you know, but brain fog and like, just that pressure build up. I mean, I was constantly mm-hmm. complaining about it and it was just yeah. always there and it was, it was getting worse and worse. And that's mm-hmm. something that I, from start to finish, cause I haven't had it in quite a while. Um, but from start to finish, I mean, I probably experienced it for about, man, probably about a year. Uh, it was yeah. very few and far between at the beginning and then more and more frequent uh, until I finally figured out what was going on. But it's like, just just something like that i was just like i just want this to end like i was just progressively yeah. getting more and more desperate and yeah. so i can only imagine people who are in even more pain than that and and just born into that type of pain and it's like it, it just makes so much more sense and and i have had yeah. to go through specific experiences to then finally have that epiphany of like duh you idiot like of course it, you know like don't you're yeah. not far from making those decisions. <laughs> exactly. Just a couple, a couple of, you know, traumatic events away from, from potentially making decisions like that. Yeah. Which is where the compassion and understanding um, is so key. Cause most of the time we're really hard on things of like, ah, that's you. That's a you thing. I would never do that. Mm-hmm. How often have you done it? How, how often have you experienced that thing? Um, yep. we usually are very loud about things that we don't struggle with and very quiet about things that we do. And that's, you know, often I think a very important part is to recognize that you want to be able to go, well, especially if I don't know. And if I do know, most likely I don't know exactly, um, the same, um, because like you said, the background, your experience, uh, whether it's traumatic or not. All these things go into play. Um, now, again, this doesn't take away from what's right or wrong. Um, and I think that's, you know, an important part, like obviously the whole Hitler thing, uh, whether he had a traumatic experience or whether all that stuff still wrong, still had to be dealt yeah, with absolutely. all of those parts. Yep. But it is, I think, the most useful part. That's where the uh, two to the heart and one of the mind come in, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but that's where I think think it's still beneficial to be empathetic towards it yeah, and to recognize sure. that. Um, and, and I think that's why that God emphasized, like all have fallen short of the glory of God, everyone. And so, cause we often bring like, Oh, well this sin's way worse than that sin. You know? Um, and, and we quantify that within our society cause we obviously have to for punishment and different things like that. But to God, it does not matter. It's all sinful, which means we all fall into that category. And I think that really helps if we really truly live that way to be very gracious and understanding to other people's struggles. Because if we don't, and oftentimes I think Christians struggle with this, they go, well, certain things are worse and so when that's that worst thing that you're doing, then I can judge you harshly um, because that's a worse one. Um, and again, societal and 
and Christian concepts are different. And so even though they're built off of that, you know, we can't just be like, Oh, a pedophile is fine. We can just love them. They still have to stop doing what they're doing and, yeah. and go through that you process. Still love but, them as a, as a image bearer of God, you know, someone who's created in his image. Yes. Um, but yeah, um, obviously, yeah. I mean, evil deeds still need to be stopped. But yes. I mean, that was, that was what I was talking about before that, like another kind of example, but shows like a different side of it, I guess is, uh, that type of progression, right. With pedophilia or insert whatever sinful fetish, you know, that, that someone might have, um, mm. but it, it doesn't start that way. Right. I, I, I would, I would argue probably for, you know, like 98% of, of individuals that wind up in a position like that. It doesn't start that way. Right. It's, it's not, and now I'm not trying to justify it again. I'm going to make that very, very clear. Um, very <laughs> if you have issues with finding children attractive, seek help, um, yes. immediately, uh, and, yes. and any time that there's any type of situation, they need to be punished to the full extent of the law. Uh, yes. but I also deserve to be punished to the full extent of, of the law, you know, and, and God's law in particular. Right. Yeah. So we're all, we're all sinners, but I, it's, it's the progression, right? It's these little, it's, it's a thousand micro, um, steps i guess down that path yeah it's mm -hmm. and i think it's like i've struggled with pornography you know that most mm -hmm. i think i brought it up on the podcast before i've struggled with pornography in my life and if i didn't have god who knows where that would lead you know what i mean like if it's yeah. it's this you're always trying to find like just like drug or like pills or, you know, whatever your body builds a tolerance really to anything, mm -hmm. caffeine, you know, it's a drug, uh, yeah. but you know, your body builds a tolerance. So then you need more of it to continue to get the same effect. So same yes. thing with pornographic material, right? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, you, you start to desensitize yourself to it. And then well, what's next? What's the next level? What's the next yeah. level? Well, it's in it. Mm -hmm. So it's this, a million different micro, micro steps towards, towards oblivion, yeah. uh, essentially. And it, it, of course, right. When you think of it that way, if, if, if they don't have God in their life of it, that's just an, like, none of us should be shocked by it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, that it should be obvious. That is, yes. I'm shocked that there aren't more, there isn't more of it out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, mm. I mean, well, sound of freedom, obviously there's, there's quite a bit of it out there, but, yeah. Um, in, in part of that actually kind of stems from the basement, that, that podcast that you had, uh, mm -hmm. kind of put me onto wherein he talks about with Disney, right? Disney putting mm -hmm. a gay, gay couple openly, you know, it's what the first, I think Lightyear was like the first animated yeah. movie that had the like first same sex kiss or something like that. I don't remember. Yeah. Whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and all these Christians are just like shocked. Oh my gosh. And like, what the heck? And our kids movies. And it's like, why are you surprised? Like, yeah. yes, we should like, don't let your kids watch that. Like, don't, don't support that. But at the same time, you shouldn't be surprised. It's a godless company. Yeah. Right? Disney is not a, a Christian a company, Christ centered company. <laughs> so why yeah. wouldn't that? Like, it's just a natural progression. Why wouldn't that? Yeah, it's 
They're right? reflective like, of the culture. Yeah, we should have been anticipating this for decades. <laughs> Shocked that right. it hasn't happened sooner. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and I think that's I think that's an important part. Actually, one of the things that um, Ted Bundy actually said, he goes, you want to make sure you don't make another me? He goes, stop all pornography. Because he goes, I was watching porn. I became addicted and I was angry. And so they morphed together and it had yeah. to get more aggressive and more violent to be able to have that. And then my sexual arousal and my anger morphed. And so I was only aroused by pain. Um, and so he goes, and then from the pain of his girlfriend and all these different things, he then took that into violence himself. But he's like, I promise you that if I didn't have pornography, I would have had to figure out a different way to cope. And I don't know if I would be here. And he's like, you just don't understand the progression and the danger with what is there and especially goes what is available. And so it's, it's funny because, you know, we were talking about all this, like, Oh, you know, because we had a really good background. He's like, I had great parents. He's like, I had good Christian family. They were loving, they were supportive. Um, he obviously also had a mental, um, illness that he was experiencing, but he's like, I didn't have a reason. Um, but you know, obsessive nature, um, to a certain extent, he struggled with like psychopathic tendencies of uh, struggle with emotional connection. Uh, but he, he, it just goes to show that like, there's, there's a danger with unhealthy habits. Um, sin. well, yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> sin breeds death in all yeah. forms, you know what I mean? Yes, and if exactly. you allow yourself to go down the path of sin, it, you will find yourself down the natural progression of sin. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and that is oblivion. In, yes. in and you don't every, know what oblivion is going to look like. And that's the yeah, scary part. And, and it's just it, like it, it, it makes total sense when you stop and think about it. And it's like, that's still a human being, right? It's mm-hmm. not some scary monster. It's a human and you are no. one of them, right? Like you're, yes. that's you. That's still you. You know, you have yep. to understand that. Um, who who was uh, was it? Carl Jung that was uh, real big into, you know, uh, talking about like kind of being in touch with your shadow and understanding like yeah. y- your yeah, shadow the shadow self. concept. Yeah, um, yeah, and, th- and that's something that that I've thought about. I haven't quite you know looked into a lot of it, but you know, it ties into to Jordan Peterson and, and one of my favorite quotes from him is is that uh, a good man is not a weak man. A good man is a very, very dangerous man who has it under voluntary control. Yeah. Mm. You know, and it's, it's almost as like they are in touch with their shadow. I get knowing the atrocities that they are capable of as human beings and not mm-hmm. choosing that. Yes. You know what I mean? That's, like that that's is actual what makes a good, strength. Uh, yeah. That's what makes a good man. That's, I mean, in reality, and I think we've kind of talked about this before, that's what makes Christ the strongest man in the world. Yeah. Because he could have snapped his he, fingers. It makes him the and, best man, like, you know, not yeah. even strength, but, you know, strength, goodness. It makes goodness, him the, um, the, the humility, goodest man to ever walk. The goodest man. But, I mean, in reality, you think about it. I mean, he could have snapped his fingers and obliterated the universe and, and just been like, yeah, we'll start over. 
we've got eternity. <laughs> we'll just make a new universe, yeah. a new <laughs> existence. Let's just do this over again. Um, yeah. So he had the most, he was the most dangerous he was the mo- Yeah, the most dangerous man who had it under the most voluntary control. Yes. And so that, that becomes a part yeah. where we start to recognize. He is the archetype. He is of, of everything in reality. Well, um, and again, and I don't want to, Throw this back to Jordan Peterson again. again, but he also talks about, um, y- you know, the 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 passion story, right? And and him being up on the cross, and it, it's essentially it's the worst conceivable thing to happen to the least deserving person. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that. That's what it is, and that's what he endured for us. Yeah. Is he, you know, the mm. least deserving person endured the. The, the worst conceivable punishment for us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, it's, and ironically, the reason why is because he had um, the most immense empathy for our struggle. It's the reason why he stepped out of heaven. It's the reason why he came down as a man. It's because he's like, you know what? I want to experience the struggle that you have to then be able to do it for you because I see you cannot do it yourself because of the, you know, immeasurable weight. We can't do deal with the immeasurable weight of our one life. And he had to do it for all life. Um, and I, I, it becomes this part where you start to recognize the power of Christ was his empathy. Compels that's you. why he oh, could be sorry. about, that's why he could be around sinners. He could be around Pharisees. He could be around uh, well-educated. He could be around, People that were treated poorly, you know, it didn't matter was, because he could. It's a bit redundant. What? He started out with sinners and then listed just a, different groups of sinners. <laughs> yeah, well, just in case you were wondering what those would be, <laughs> he could be around sinners. <laughs> I did say sinners. Yeah, he's just surrounded by sinners. He, uh, <laughs> he was the only non-sinner. He was on he the was. face of the earth. I ever. know. Which I feel like that'd be weird. But anyway, so you think about it. <laughs> I feel like it would be weird just like coming to earth and be like, gosh, you all living, suck. He's the living word of God. I mean, <laughs> I mean what, like, I mean, obviously it would be weird for he's me. Always I'm, talking about, I'm talking about, I'm talking about coming the beginning, down on earth. The word. And him just and the being word like, was God. The word was you God. guys all suck. <laughs> Like, what have I done? You guys all just, every one of you. Well, he knew that before he, he came down there. But, it's but he loves us. You know, like when he you loves us. know about something and then you're like physically there and you're like, oh man, this place has gone to crap. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like visiting know. Chicago. Yeah. You like see the picture of the really nice hotel you're about to go to. Then you get there and you're like, Oh gosh, Mm -hmm. you're like, you know, it wasn't, you know, you've heard. I don't think that was the case. (laughs) You've heard it's run down a little bit, but you get there. Oh, this place is a (laughs) shithole. But then he loved us anyways. I'm just saying. Yes, Yes, he did. Yeah. Again, so that's that's what we're supposed to be striving for. But what we often do is the exact opposite. Like he had no reason to be humble. He did not need to be humble because he was perfect. So there there was no that he had no requirement um, to be humble towards broken sinners. Yet he was. 
Now, ironically, broken sin- sinners don't like to be humble. <laughs> so it's <laughs> like, it's like complete backwards. It's like the concept of like, he literally did turn everything upside down. But yeah, that's why you have to die to yourself every yeah. single day. Pick up your yeah. cross, follow him. Which, you know, I think that's another universal part. The fact that we all are going to fall short and being able to give each other grace, give yourself grace or, or accept grace. So accept grace um, for yourself and making sure that you're allowing that to flow through to others. Cause a lot of times we don't accept it ourselves, which is why we don't like other people doing the things that we struggle with. Cause we like, no. won't actually give ourselves the grace that's already been given and really take it on. But that's like, that's the whole deal. That's, that's how you well, it's function like, in life. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like, I brought this up, um, in regards to, you know, pornography and everything. And, and, you know, when I would give into temptation and afterwards I always felt like a giant piece of crap. And then I would do a, like, I'm going to avoid God. Right. You know, I'm not going to pray before I go to bed that night because I don't want to face him. And it's like, you're not hiding from God. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it's not like you can hide from him. If I don't he knows speak to you. You will yeah, know. And, and and yes, we are sinners. We are backsliding serpents. Me, I am a backsliding serpent of a man. You know what I mean? Like mm. I, uh, I'm so quick to Here. judge the Israelites when when I read the Bible of like what idiots. Moses literally God literally just parted the Red Sea through Moses. You know, got you out of Egypt. You guys made the mistakes, so you're the one wandering the desert for you know ever and ever. And 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 then Moses goes up to uh, up up the mountain to talk to God and get the you know commandments from God. And he comes down, and here you are making a a, a calf. Right? It was you know, a long out of, out of time, like Kyle. It. And it was <laughs> a long time, and the Red well, Sea it, wasn't even that deep. So right. it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it was like a slight breeze, you know, <laughs> but so, it, but I, I just remember like reading those and even still mm-hmm. sometimes I catch myself like I read it and they're like talking about how, man, we should just go back to Egypt. At least we had, you know, security there somewhat. And it's like, what are you talking about? You guys just <laughs> left there. Like, this doesn't make any sense. It's like, yeah. I do that all the time. I do that all yeah. the 100%. time. You know, yeah. I, I sin and then I ask for forgiveness. I go to church, you know, on Sunday and I get fired up and, and like, you know, my, the, we are blessed to have a wonderful church with wonderful pastors. And like, I just get fired up every time I go in the worship. And then, you know, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go out into the world. And, and then come Sunday night, sometimes, you know, <laughs> on, on my worst weeks, but like Shoot, you'd Sunday be like- night. Five Here comes temptation creeping in into my head. Lot. Yeah, losing my mind on on public roads in Austin. You know, being behind the wheel. <laughs> ah! It's like, nope, nope. That is exactly the opposite of what you learned. Uh, you know, and what God yep. wants for you. And here I am looking back at my Egypt. You know what I mean? What yep. is my Egypt that I'm looking back mm-hmm. at? What is my uh, golden calf that I'm creating? You know, exactly. the moment God turns his back. Which well mm-hmm. no that's terrible I shouldn't say that God never turns his back the moment Very I the moment I turn my back oh, you know so what glad I mean that we're hundreds God of miles that was a wonderful conversation when... great you know glad we were able to to touch base and sin 
immediate <laughs> yeah, sin. Exactly. You know, it's like, what the heck? What is what is wrong with me? But it's you have to you have to be able to accept God's grace and, and in order to move mm -hmm. forward, like bringing it full circle back to the pornography example is that it, that's exactly what Satan wants is for you to be like, man, I'm a giant POS and I need to, I need to hide from God because I'm so ashamed. It's like, that's yeah. what Satan wants. Not only did you let him win, you gave him the victory by giving into temptation and giving into your sin. But now it's a double victory because he, you're allowing, you are separating yourself further from God, which is exactly what he wants. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's exactly. exactly what the enemy wants. And so rather than being so ashamed of yourself, you need to face your consequences. You need to own up to your mistakes. You need to ask for forgiveness, but you need to fall into the embrace of your loving father who's waiting for you. You know what I mean? Like the prodigal yeah. son returns. He <laughs> will, his love meter never drops. All nope. he asks is that you, you know, turn to him and ask for forgiveness and, you know, like, and that's it. That's I it. Say that's it. Uh, yeah. I say that's it. Like it's the easiest thing. Um, but on paper, it's the hardest thing. super easy. <laughs> yeah, just don't yeah. do it. Just suck less. I don't know what to tell you. you know? <laughs> it's just super uh, easy. But yeah, I mean, but, yeah, it, it's again, uh, it's complicated. It's complicated because of the fact that we're so easily distracted by so many things that don't really matter. <laughs> really, Like if you think no. about it, if, if you're thinking from a Christian standpoint, right, you, you, and I, you know, I kind of mentioned that in the Marco Polo, you, you accept God as your savior, right? From then on, because you're going to be your eternal, you're eternal either way, one direction or the other. Yeah, you're an eternal being. Yep. You've now gone eternal with God. From now on, your main focus is to worship and glorify God. That's your main purpose in life. Because that's what you're going to do for eternity. So you might as well start now. Um, but the trick of, of Earth is that it will distract you with a billion things away from that purpose. And the, what you should do is actually quite simple. But the amount of things that you can get over focused on is is the complicated part because <clears throat> that's why a lot of times like you'll see in like third world countries where their faith is massive, huge, exponentially more than people who are in first world countries. Yeah. Because first world countries, they're like we literally we're focused on pleasure. On, yeah. They're like that's we're the main focus of, of the society. We're dependent on him to grow our food. We're dependent on him for everything, for us to breathe. Like their main focus is God and dependency on him. We literally think we do all of it ourselves. So, yeah. and then, then we have pleasures yeah, I'm trying to exponentially um, to get quote. distracted from. And, and so, I, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say like, like this is, this is the issue uh, because in reality, our life could be very simple and uh, much more enjoyable if we didn't get distracted by things that have no actual eternal value, which is what no. like you know, Christ was doing all the time. But this is the thing. All of us struggle with that. There is not a person on this earth that doesn't struggle with that. 
they may do better than another person, but all of us struggle with that. Yeah. Well, to kind of bring it. So I just heard this quote for the first time, um, like yesterday or two mm-hmm. days ago, um, at, uh, Paideia week for my, my son's new school. Cool. cool. And well, yeah, it's awesome. It's oh, turning up the gain on my mic. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Super excited. Super pumped. This whole week has just got me like jacked up. So, uh, but it's from Corey, Corey Tenboom. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correct, but um, Interesting. she and her family lived in Europe. I can't remember the specific country um, during World War II, and they hid uh, Jews um, and then were caught. And her father and sister, I think, she ended up being in a concentration camp and everything. But the quote is... Um, you can never learn that Christ is all you need until Christ is all you have. Um, you know, that comes from her time in the concentration camp and losing her, her entire family and everything like that. And it's like, yeah, I mean, it it just, the, Jesus talks about it all the time. You know what I mean? Like giving up your possessions and, you know, picking up your cross and follow like, that's not, it's not like he's, he's being literal. Right, the, the cross is a is a <laughs> yeah. symbol of torture. Right, it's a torture mm-hmm. device, and it's like, I hope you're ready for some suffering. If you want to follow me, yeah. that's what's in store. You yeah. know, eternity, eternal life, uh, you know, is is in store for you. Uh, but but in in the short term, uh, it's you're about to suffer. You know, yeah. what I mean, as Christ did, which you should revel in that almost you know no that sounds weird it's a foreign concept to some people but like you know the bible even talks about suffering as as christ did and and being i mean you're you're almost able to connect with him on a more deep level if you can you know lean into your suffering like that and understand that like regardless of my suffering christ suffered infinitesimally uh more than i yes. you know that i can uh and it's just like yeah it's i just i really like that quote because i think that kind of yeah. goes into the first world third world country sort of thing where mm-hmm. in first the first world countries were were so developed that survival is not the main focus yeah. Right, like we we have all these things in place that ensure our short term survival, and uh, it, you know we don't focus on that. It, it's pleasure, it's luxury now. Right, that's what we're all focused on. That's the American yeah. dream is mm-hmm. is luxury and getting the house and getting the car and that sort of thing. Um, whereas in other countries, it's still survival. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, Christians are persecuted. Uh, you know, like we think we have it bad as Christians here in the United States, which yeah, sure. It's getting nothing. worse, you know, but yeah, Christians are being, I would say more openly targeted for slander. You know what I mean? But it is, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a, a freaking drop in a bucket compared, compared to what to the rest, every, you know, every, yeah. Christians in basically every other country have to have to endure and go through. Uh, just yeah. to be a Christian, right? You yeah. know the, the the danger that they face just to just because they call themselves a Christian, and yeah. and it's you know being 
excommunicated from their families because they they've gone from Islam to Christianity or Hinduism from to Christianity and or whatever it is and like burned alive. I mean, just yeah, and that type of faith is is faith that most Western Christians will never experience, unfortunately, I think. Yeah, and I think that's an important part. I, ironically, there was a... I shouldn't say there most, was a, a lot of Western Christians. <clears throat> yeah, there was a missionary who was um, overseas um, in China in these secret um, churches. And one of the things that he was saying is like, oh, she's like man, it must be so difficult to be a Christian nation because they were stuck on this part of like, you will suffer um, being my follower. It's like, oh my goodness, your your nation just must be suffering um, all the time because they're a Christian nation. And they're like, no, no, like you get to be a Christian there. And they're like, they're not suffering? And, and they're like, no, like you, there's a freedom so you can be a Christian there. And they're like, Ooh, that's not good. And he's like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, if you're not suffering, then you're not suffering like Christ, then you are not a Christian. Um, and he's like, Oh, well, let me talk. But he's like, that kind of hit me so hard. He's like, because if I'm not having some form of suffering, he goes, I, it doesn't mean like suffering just specifically like they are, or they're in secret or whatever. But if I'm not dealing with, backlash. All right. He goes, because Christianity is countercultural to the world. So you should be the odd one out um, within a cultural concept, context that aren't Christian. And he's like, it was such an interesting concept for me to be able to say like, well, why am I not suffering? Like, there's a lot of non-Christians around me. Why are they not being like, either like, what's happening here? Or I'm not even having conversations. Like, I would just like blend right in. Like no one would see difference in me. And yep. that's what that person was saying. He goes, we literally have to hide because they'll kill us. You guys are, guys are out and about. Nobody knows who you are. Like nobody can tell you from a different person. Like it made no sense to them because of that. And so it's just an yeah. interesting concept to think about that um, within our daily lives. Yep. So there you go, people. We yeah. told you everything you need to know about them. All about people. All about the people. Yeah, we're stupid easy. We you really are. Yeah, we're very simple. Easy. Simple. simple. We're all creatures. the same. Same, same, but different. But different. But, but still same. same. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you need. That's all you need. Yep. That's, that's the end. Uh, yeah. You have everything you need now. Now you can go off. And that's nice how you explain everything people. we just talked about. That's how you explain it to a three and a half year old. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we are same, same. We but are different. Different, different faces. <laughs> but still same. <laughs> just, uh, Truer words I, have never been said. Never been spoken. I'm yeah. telling you what. Well done. That's all we needed. We could have done this yeah. entire thing in like 30 seconds. Yeah, I've been done with but, it. Drop the mic. Know. That shows that we like to do like 55 minutes of random rambling <laughs> for what could be said yep. 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ethan, but. Ethan had texted me um, 
oh man, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, and it asked like, you know, for those of you who don't know, I I like to collect uh, video game stuff. I've got all sorts of mm-hmm. uh, collectibles and things hanging around. Uh, anyway, so it asked if I want to, he's like, yeah, I'm getting rid of my you know PlayStation four or whatever. You know, do you want it? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm selling off some stuff. And, and he was like, for what? And rather than just being like, cause I want the money. I was like, <laughs> Oh, because I'm planning a trip to Germany and I'm doing this and I'm doing, you know, like, and I've got these things like planned and I, I want the money for this and that. And, you know, like I go into grave detail and then he just texts back and he's like, yeah, that's a lot to unpack, right? In, in one text. <laughs> and then, you know, that, then I started thinking like, yeah, I totally could have just summed it up by saying like, because I, I want to spend the money on other stuff. <laughs> that's not me. That's not me. That's why I don't have, that's why, you know, that's why I have a podcast. So, yes, that's what the space is for. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we brought it to you. So you are welcome. Now you know everything you need to know about people. And the main thing is, is empathize. That's pretty much what you need to do. Yep. Empathize with others. Two main takeaways. That's it. Empathy and so two main takeaways, hearts and minds, changing hearts and minds. Bam. And if that doesn't work, two to the heart, one to the mind. (laughs) (laughs) It's my story and I'm sticking to it. There you go. Now you you have everything you need. So uh, we hope that you do some of the things that we said, not all of them. <laughs> Don't drown your kids in a bathtub. Yeah. Try to steer clear of that one. Um, but, yeah. you know, don't be mean to the people who have done it um, in your heart. Yeah. Mm. I'll go with that. In Maybe your heart. So. They still deserve punishment. <laughs> yes. I said in your heart. They're still going to go to prison. Yeah. And pay their dues, yeah. uh, but be nice to them in your heart. So yeah, one thing go. that I've been trying to do lately to to try and change that in my mindset and everything, and especially across the political aisle, because I've been known to get wrapped up in the us and them, and it's like no, 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 no. We're all we're the all we. human beings here. Uh, the but we. like, so I I drove past somebody recently. And they had a bumper sticker. It was a pride flag with, you know, the whole friggin' trans thing incorporated and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. my normal thought would be like, oh, this a-hole, you know, get out of my way, get off the road, and blah, blah, blah. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, that's so horrible. That is that mm-hmm. is so anti-Christian, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. How could I have, how could I think that way? And so what yeah. I've been trying to do to change that that mindset and that initial reaction is is to just pray for him. You know, so the, the person that I drove past the other day is I, I saw it and I I told myself that I needed to pray for him and just pray for their soul and pray that that God pe- puts people in their life um, that he can work through to to draw them nearer to him you know, mm-hmm. and pray for their souls. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that that's, I am not trying to be like, Oh, check out what I did because I suck <laughs> uh, as a, as a human being. Okay. I suck I can at it. to it. At, yeah. Yeah. I used to say like, you know, to friends that weren't Christians, like I, I'm a Christian, but I'm not, a, you know, I'm, don't, I'm not a good example. I'm not like blah, 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 blah. And it's like, <laughs> I'm, 
I'm the perfect example of a Christian. You want to know why? Because you can see how flawed and, and just broken I am. Mm. And it's, it's not about me, right? Like that, that's why I'm the perfect example of a Christian because it has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with my works. It has everything to do with God and his grace and, you know, uh, his love for us, regardless of what we do. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's an analogy that was, that was said to me, um, in a sermon, I think, uh, one time about being a broken vessel and mm-hmm. like, that's, that's what I am as a human being. And, and he said, how did he put it? Um, my only hope is that God fills me up so much that, um, like with, with life giving oil, or I can't remember exactly the analogy, but it essentially like, fill, fills me up so much that it seeps out of my cracks and holes as a broken vessel and I can fill yeah. up others. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I just liked that image that he had painted there. Of yeah, yeah we're, I'm just a broken vessel, and the best thing I can hope for is is to to be filled so much with with God that it seeps out of my cracks and holes, and and I can you know pour over into others. That's right. That's all you can do, and that's yeah. best way you can be a healthy person f- for other people um, is is to do what you can to fill yourself with the one who loves them the most and it's him. He loves them yeah. the most. So you start filling yourself with him and he'll help you love them. And that's all you can do. And yep. prayer is always the best. It's hard to be like angry praying at, about other people and actually praying. Not like pray like, for the worst of the worst, man. That's it's yeah. just practice it. Mm-hmm. Fake it till you make it. And that <laughs> sounds ridiculous, but that, I mean, Act like the person that you want to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, that's how you become that person. If you want to, mm-hmm. you know, if you've got an image of, of the person that you want to be in the future, if you want to be jacked, you know, or, or like whatever your goal is in the future, act like, like just start acting like it. Act like you're, you know, ripped. Well, okay, what, what does someone who's jacked do? Well, they go to the gym all the time. They work out. <laughs> yeah. they, they eat healthy. They yeah. you know, drink eat protein. Good food. Start yeah. acting that way. You know what I mean? If that's how and you want to be. Things will start happening. Yeah. If you want to be a godly man, well, what does a godly man do? What does he look like? Acts like Christ. He, he's in the Word Bam. every single day. Yeah, he acts like Christ. Like <laughs> Done. Christ is at the center of his life. <laughs> just cool. start being like so him. just do that. Yeah. And you the will end. be that man someday. <laughs> yes. So... so. There you go. Yeah, fake, Man, fake we're it just you make it. so many advices. Oh, just these little left gold and right. nuggets. Oh, you're welcome, world. You're welcome. Yeah. It's all for you uh, guys. So yeah. enjoy. We do Start it for the doing fans. it. Start doing it. Yeah. So, but I think we're done. Sure. Call it That's quits. it. We're Cut out. it out. <laughs> Adios. <laughs> Ciao. Arrivederci. <laughs> And we're done.